The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In order to stay ahead of your competition, a lot of your success rises or falls based on your current marketing plan. Get ready for the Mojo Marketing Edge Radio Show. Today, hosts Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez will open up your awareness of the many different ways to market your business and reap major results. Now, here's the team behind Mojo Video Marketing, Ira and Corey. Hello, everybody. Corey Michael Sanchez here. This is the Mojo Marketing Edge. Welcome to the program. Another great week. We are in the midst of talking about amazing lead generation strategies, which uh, we're ex- extremely excited about. And we've talked about LinkedIn. We've talked about pay-per-click. We've talked about video and, and using video to get more clients and generate leads. We've talked to uh, the, the great Bond Halbert, son of uh, Gary Halbert, about email copy and direct response for getting leads and so today, we're going to talk about some more methods to, to get leads, all using content, all using some very strategic elements that uh, uh, we're going to introduce you to Don, Don Osborne. So we're going to talk about his lead generation strategies that he's been using in his own business. So I'm just going to give you a brief background on Don, and then we're going to, we're going to have a great conversation and, uh, and really get rolling with it. So, uh, so Don, he is, the, um, he is the author. Well, he basically started uh, his website, donosborne.com, and, uh, and you know, really excited to, to have him involved here today. He's, uh, he's one of those guys that just you know, loves to analyze online marketing. He's a left brain for hire. And he looks at how visitors engage on his clients' websites and then adjust the site to maximize revenue and conversion. Been doing this a long, long time. So, Don, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Corey. Hi, how are you? Good. Welcome to the program, the Mojo Marketing Edge. Absolutely. And, uh, and just so everybody is aware, um, this show is hosted by the company Mojo, mojovideomarketing.com. Check us out. And there's some free goodies on that website. And... Uh, all about lead generation, about conversion, about closing deals and all of that stuff. And so, Don, we're here today to talk about some, some lead generation strategies. So why don't you kind of give us a very short description of, of some of the cool things you've done because I know you've had many successful ventures in the entrepreneurial world. So why don't you just share a couple, couple key insights with us? I would be happy to. So uh, I tend to look at everything from uh, an analytics perspective. And, you know, it started when I was very little. I've always liked arithmetic. I've always liked the math piece. And a lot of people don't, right? Most people, when they start looking at, um, you know, choices between, say, you know, going in for a root canal or going in to look at analytics, they would rather, you know, go to the dentist. But I love this stuff. And so uh, what I do for myself and my client sites is I look at all of the analytics, all of the metrics, all of the data to figure out spots where, uh, I can tweak conversion, uh, I can improve uh, a sense of relationship, I can maximize engagement, you know, all the little pieces that um, 
falls through the cracks, but that can really factor in the big way uh, to Legion. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so give us um, give us one of the methods that you've you've worked with to help generate leads for your clients or in some of your businesses. Well, I guess one of the um, you know the most significant ways that I've worked with my clients to really grow their business to maximize leads is something as basic as just reviewing their site for obvious typos, obvious mistakes. It's very difficult, you know, to look at a site that you've been working on for hours and hours and days and days and go back through the whole thing and uh, be able to see and catch all the little things that will trip up uh, somebody who's new to the site. So one of the things that I really encourage my clients to do is to go in, uh, be a blank slate, pretend like you've never seen the site before, and just ask a lot of common questions about, like, what is, why is this here? What's the purpose? And as a result, we just eliminate a lot of uh, just distractions from uh, each individual page, and we, we tighten up that funnel, that, that visitor flow, um, you can think of it as like focusing a lens uh, of a microscope, and we get really focused in on what's going on. So now a visitor can walk through a site and really begin to understand what to do, lean in more deeply, engage more fully, and then uh, convert. Mm-hmm. Got it. So on that token, what do you think are the, the, the most important pieces of a website in order to get that conversion when you get a lead there? Uh, wow, it's a great question. You know, let me think about that for just a second. Probably the single most important thing is trust. So uh, having the, and I, I can also approach this from a, a mechanical perspective, and trust is built over time. And so understanding the need for multiple impressions, multiple exposures to the same proposition, the same offer, the same content, however you want to language it. So the three components of trust building are competency, shared values, having shared values, and then the big one, the one that I think that's so valuable is I demonstrate that I have your best interest at heart, and I do that over and over and over again. So if you can do that through your content funnels, uh, through the navigation of your site, the way your site is structured, uh, the kinds of free or low-cost offers that you're making, if you can demonstrate competency, uh, own shared values, and then really convey that you have your viewers' best interest at heart, you're building trust. And that's probably the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. So, so we've got um, obviously providing content, demonstrating competency. What are some other unique, interesting ways that you build trust? Well, uh, I don't think there's a better way than... Um, having a very clear, let's call it a story, a very clear story that you're telling your, whoever is your reader about why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It goes beyond anything else. And, you know, I can, sure, I can have case studies and I can have uh, a ton of testimonials, but, you know, new re- especially new readers who don't have a whole lot of relationship with you yet are probably a little skeptical about that stuff. But if you can create a sincere, honest, 
compassionate story where you show empathy for uh, your prospective reader, your idle customer, man, that's just really smart and very, very effective. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, very cool. Very cool. So, so we got okay. So we've got that. We've got coming to the website, looking at it from a fresh uh, pair of you know, a f- fresh pair of a- eyeballs essentially. Yeah. Uh, increasing trust and all that thing. I mean, what are some other ways that uh, you generate leads? Because I know you've been doing this on many in many different ways uh, in your in your businesses that you've started over the years. So, what are some other ways right. that you've generated leads? Okay. Well, I guess the next hack, uh, way is. Uh, content development. So popular right now would be content marketing or inbound. Uh, those are popular buzzwords. Uh, and writing compelling content that attracts your audience, uh, building what I refer to as a content silo where you have multiple pieces of content talking about the same subject that uh, each one gives the ideal client an opportunity to go further with you. Uh, through some kind of call to action, typically to a free or low-cost product. Uh, that, I think, is your, your baseline. It serves you very well from an SEO perspective. It serves you very well from a social media perspective. It serves you for all these different uh, avenues that we have available to us now uh, to advertise and promote who we are and the content that we offer. Got it. So content silo. So kind of break that up for me visually. What is, you know, I know you just kind of described it, but give me more mm-hmm. of a definition of what a content silo looks like. Yeah, I would love to. So visually, pretend that you've got, say, four or five boxes uh, stacked vertically on a piece of paper. Uh, each uh, box speaks to another aspect of the same topic. Uh, and those boxes might refer to each other or they might refer to a roll-up or a roundup article, perhaps a larger article that uh, assumes a substantial amount of authority, perhaps a thousand-word article that refers to each of the other smaller articles. So all of those articles can refer to each other. They can also refer to the roundup article. And then finally, each article has the same call to action as the next. So what happens is a visitor will come to your website and... My bias here is that most visitors do not arrive at people's home pages or their top-level domain first through organic. Most traffic comes, uh, most organic traffic comes into some kind of an interior page, an article, a post, a blog post, whatever you want to call it. And if that content is interesting and compelling, and I lean into it a little bit more, then I might be interested to read more. And so my options are. Uh, to either click on the call to action or to click to the home page to learn more about this particular site or bounce. And what I'm trying to do uh, as, a, uh, as an analyst, as a kind of a, a metrics guy, is I'm trying to avoid the bounce. And the best way I know to do that is by offering really, really strong, compelling alternatives in the form of, you know, learn more about this particular topic, or you can step further into relationship with me. Mm-hmm. So, give me an example, Don. Um, great stuff here. So, so, uh, so, kind of give me a real life example from a real life company, business, or project you've worked on. Uh, sure. 
So, um, you know, one of the sites that I uh, own and work on uh, specializes in graduate school admissions advice. So that's a pretty finite, pretty narrow niche, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, correct. We're not looking at, uh, say, you know, weight loss here. We're not looking at dieting. We're not looking at uh, recipes. So this is a very, very tightly focused niche. And there are only going to be, I don't know, a handful of things that uh, somebody who is thinking about getting into graduate school is going to be looking for. Test prep, uh, application help, a few other topics along those lines. So let's take test prep, for example. So let's say you want to get an MBA or you want to go to medical school and you have to take the standardized test. Well, I might write four or five articles about the standardized test and offer some free help about how you would go about uh, getting an advantage in preparing yourself for the standardized test. I'd write several articles. I'd connect the articles to each other. And then each article would have a call to action, which would be to opt in for a free report on the techniques that I recommend for improving your standardized test score. So that's a good example of a content silo that results in a free report and an opt-in. Got it. Okay, very nice. So, so give me a, some more specifics. So, we're, so you've got test prep, so that's one of your, um, I guess, silo pieces. Like what would, what would be some other examples, just so we can kind of make sure we definitely build this out for the people that are listening so they understand sure. fully? Yeah, I love it. So another uh, question in the mind of the prospect might be, is uh, a graduate degree right for me? Another question might be, should I even bother to try? Like, what's the ROI? What's the return on my investment if I spend the time and the money, the tuition, to get uh, a graduate degree? Another question might be, you know, when I get out, what happens? Another question might be, what does the application process look like? Um, Maybe there's a timeline question I might uh, be curious about. Uh, Perhaps there's some psychological concerns I have. I'm worried about... Uh, you know, whether or not I feel like I can do the work. So it's a self-esteem question mark in my mind. Uh, what about networking? You know, when I get in there, am I going to be able to do any networking? And uh, how do you even do networking in an academic environment? Does that even happen? Um, study skills, uh, reading, time management, uh, speed reading techniques, uh, alternative learning strategies, uh, if I'm not necessarily a visual guy, maybe I prefer to learn through an audio method. How do I do that? Um, or is there a multi-modality method for me that I can study and understand materials? Um, on and on and on and on. As you can see, once you get deep enough into a specific area, even a tiny niche like uh, graduate school admissions, you can get quite deep very quickly. Mm-hmm. Got it. Very cool. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of great information, creating a lot of silo activity. So how do you drive people to your free report? I mean, is it a banner? Is it a call to action in the end of the article? Is it something else? What does that look like? Yeah, it's typically a call to action at the end of the article. Uh, so uh, you, you know, my assumption is you're going to come into an article. You're not going to come into the homepage. So step one for most uh, visitors for me organically, is they're going to arrive onto an article, they're going to read the article, they're going to be presented with a choice. The choice is either uh, look at another article, uh, click through the call to action, go to the home page, or bounce. 
So three out of those four behaviors are desirable for me. Uh, probably the most common second step for most people is to go to the homepage because they're asking themselves kind of a broad question like, what is this all about? And so that's why that second page, which for me, for most people, is the homepage of your site, that second page really needs to be uh, an opportunity for you to completely, transparently promote who you are, what you stand for, what your story is, what you're about, and why the site exists so that you can answer the question and, and fulfill on the promise that that first article gave. So once they've arrived at that second page, uh, that home page, and they've read your story, now they're ready to go deeper, and now they can either read some more content, which I think is pretty typical, because my experience, most potential buyers aren't really eager to purchase based on reading just two pages of a website. They're going to want to go farther. So now they get deeper into the silo, uh, they may hit the back button, go back to the original article. They may read another article uh, in the same silo. Over and over and over again, they keep getting uh, an opportunity to read through my free offer. And now they're getting deeper into the funnel, and uh, they're more deeply engaged, a higher level of trust. This guy's a good guy. He's not trying to sell me something right away. Uh, you know, everybody... So at a default level, when most people arrive at a new website they haven't seen before, their defenses are way up, their radar is way up, they're really worried about it being scammy or full of uh, virus or, you know, phishing deals or some problem. So it's up to us as website owners to overcome uh, that fear, and that's how that's done. Got it. Okay, good. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to find out more specifics on exactly what you should have on your homepage to get that person to take action on whatever it is you want them to do next. So we're going to be right back here with Don Osborne talking about lead generation and content silos. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com.
listening to The Mojo Marketing Edge. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to connect at mojovideomarketing.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hello, Corey Michael Sanchez here, mojovideomarketing.com. We are talking about content silos and lead generation with Don Osborne here. So let's let's dive more into this. We were just talking about how to create a content silo. Take little pieces of content that people are interested in, that have, they have questions about, create content on it, articles, videos, the like. Put it on the website, drive the traffic there, have a call to action it to drive them to the next step, which is to... Um, get a free report. That's the um, the type of stuff that, that Don is driving people to. So we just went through that you want to have a call to action in your article that actually every time they read the article at the very end of it, it has them um, go and, and get the next steps and all that and drives them to the homepage, right? So, so Don, kind of tell us about how that's uh, that's constructed there. How is that architected? Sure. I mean, with a main page of a website, I mean, obviously you want to get them to take advantage of your call to action. You don't want them kind of going off and doing a whole bunch of different things, right? And then forgetting what they need to do next, not doing it, and then you don't capture that lead. So tell us tell us how we really get way more people um, getting opt-ins by driving people to that, that main page. Sure. Okay. So first, let's talk about Typical website structure. Typical website structure, an interior page, a regular content page, like a blog post or an article. You're going to have the article. You're going to, have a, you're going to have a title or a headline. Above that, you're going to have navigation. Above that, you're going to have the header of the site. On the right-hand side, you're going to have a sidebar. The header of the website is going to have some logo design. There's going to be some graphical element, uh, perhaps some text as well. Then, then the menus below that, the menus are going to be... You know, there'll be two, three, four, five, eight, nine, ten, fifteen different menu items. When you mouse over a menu item, you've got all this drop down, lots of distractions. The sidebar, right hand sidebar might have animation in it, tons of more distractions. There might be a little bit of a banner ad or a little solo ad, a thumbnail on the right side. Maybe there's a related articles section on the right hand sidebar. It's so busy. I can't even begin to focus on the content. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I haven't even read the first, I'm, I'm struggling to read the first paragraph of the content, but I'm so distracted by everything else that's going around. It's like, you know what, this is too much work. Don't make me think so hard. Don't make me work so hard. Simplify. So before we ever get to the homepage, this first article, that the first exposure, tells a huge story about what your intention is, who you are for. As a website owner, are you for your reader and you really want to support and serve your reader, or are you for your own agenda? And it's very obvious. So take out the sidebar. Right-hand sidebars, most people will tell you that they're sidebar blind anyway because of all the advertising that typically appears in the right-hand sidebar. So remove your right-hand sidebar and reclaim that real estate. Simplify your navigation. So on my site, if you're on an interior page, you don't have a whole lot of choices. You've got, you can read the content. You can click the home button to go to the home page. Uh, or you can click through to another piece of content uh, on, in the content silo. Or finally, you can click the call to action. Those are the only options other than bounce. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so as you were saying, Corey, before anything else happens, they go through that content, and they're, you know, the, the reader is nodding his head or her head up and down a little bit, going, yeah, this is, this is, this is not bad. This is not too scummy. This is not too scammy. I kind of appreciate what this person's doing. You know, I have a little trust, you know. So now you, as the writer, you've earned a little bit of a trust. You've earned maybe a scroll. Maybe you've earned the next step, which is a click. And perhaps the reader uh, will click through to your homepage. So what is your homepage going to say? Well, the homepage, again, must follow through on this implied promise. Trustworthiness, clarity of your message. Uh, do you have 20 things in your navigation? Do you have a huge sidebar? Do you have a footer that's just got everything under the sun underneath it? If you do, it's, you know, that's a lot of that comes out of fear of like not serving enough people enough ways. So homepages that serve everybody truthfully serve no one. Instead, you want to polarize and simplify your content. Identify one clear customer who you're trying to serve, the ideal client. Serve that customer. Any of your navigation should really point to a single specific call to action for your product or service. What is that next step? the next logical step for the person to take. And if you have 20 different links, whether they're navigational buttons or images or just text links on your homepage, if you have 20 links, then 15 at least of them should all point to the same thing, whether it's a product tour or an informational piece or uh, your uh, original story, your origin story of how you came uh, to be doing what you're doing online and you want to give people an opportunity to take advantage of that story. So that's the second step. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, okay, great. This is great information. Let me ask you this. So we got this website here. What if we sell multiple products? And is our, do we even talk about that on our website? Do we, you know, do sure. we, uh, how, do, how do we do that? I mean, obviously, we're trying to get an opt-in for that one thing, the free report or something like that, sure. just to get people started. But how do we also position the other products? Because, you know, let's just say people know about those other products and they're searching for our stuff. Yeah. How do we position that? Well, uh, there are a couple of different things. First, um, as much as you and I might like for uh, a buyer to buy all of our products all at once, that's not likely to happen. So there's typically a buying sequence. So, you know, if I buy a pair of shoes, I'm probably going to buy the pair of shoes before I buy the laces. I'm going to probably buy the pair of shoes and the laces before I buy a replacement pair of heels. So there's this logical flow for most all uh, visitors and the consumption of your set of products or services. But even if there's not, it's still one silo for every product. So you build a content silo for product number one. That product, uh, that's a content silo, rather, will have a call to action to either a free or a low-cost piece of information or a low-cost uh, sample of your product. Second product has a second silo. Third product, a third silo, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Okay. That totally makes sense. Uh, but overall, your goal is to just get them to do one thing, right? I mean, if they... Enter the other uh, silos, they, you know, that's a different story. But, you know, I mean, you got these multiple silos. How do you know which one to focus on? Right. And your traffic will tell you. That's a pretty straightforward uh, piece of data. Going back to, you know, my love for the metrics of all of this is, you know, the, the uh, hidden piece of all this that we really haven't, you know, said a lot about is how the data determines all of this. 
So I'm building silos, sure, but I'm building silos based upon the traffic that's coming to my site, based upon the nature of that traffic, what they're being driven to, what they're attracted by, uh, what pages are ranking well on my uh, in uh, Google organic search. Uh, and that's really det- determining a lot of my priorities for what I do for a second and third. Got it. Okay, good. So, so traffic determines all of that. Okay, this totally makes sense. Absolutely. Now, you're doing a lot of articles that are out there. Kind of give me, you know, when, it's, when it comes to the content and that article, what's the anatomy of that article all total? Uh, great question. So let me take you on a little bit of a tour, right? So not everybody who's listening may have ever heard of a store called Ikea, but a lot of people have. And if you haven't, and if you have an Ikea near you, I highly recommend that you go visit. But here's what happens when you go to an Ikea store. That's different from the majority of stores that people go to. Uh, you will typically arrive at an Ikea store, and generally speaking, you are sent up an escalator. And already, that's polarizing. You don't have any other choices. You've got to go up an escalator, which means they have an opportunity to make an impression on you because you're essentially stuck on the escalator. You have no choices until the escalator ride is over. Once the escalator ride is over, the very first thing you see is not shelves and shelves and shelves of product. The very first thing you see is a completely merchandised room, a completely furnished room that is in some ways, think of it as an idealized version of using 20, 30, 40 of the products that you're about to be introduced to as you shop through Ikea. And those, uh, that furniture and those products are staged in a way designed to be very inviting and very attractive. The well, lighting is a little uh, softer inside the room. Uh, the chairs are positioned in a way that invites you to sit in on them. Uh, there are other people who are already sitting, which gives you permission to sit. So IKEA has done a masterful job of setting up a complete impression of their products and services before you ever get to see a price tag, before you ever get to think about whether or not you want to put one of these products or services uh, into your shopping cart or into your, your car or take it home. The same thing can be true for your content. Absolutely the same thing. The the visitor arrives at your content, uh, they step into this lovely, warm, wonderful experience that starts with uh, an understanding of what the problem is that brought them to uh, that page, uh, identifies the problem. Ideally, not only does it identify the problem, it may also identify the consequences of the problem. It may further agitate those consequences by uh, describing the ongoing consequence of inaction, and then offers alternatives. And some of those alternatives may be incomplete solutions. Other alternatives may be uh, solutions that are outsized or too expensive for what they do. And then finally, there's the conclusion, which could be, hey, take a look at this free report and see if this helps you. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, that totally makes sense. Absolutely. How do pictures and videos and, and other things kind of filter into that? I mean, do you have a lot of those, or do you have Absolutely, any formula sure. for that? You bet, sure. So, uh, as we mentioned a little while ago, there's different learning styles, and there's different consumption styles. So, some people prefer video. Some people prefer video that's less than two minutes long. You know how it's tempting 
Corey, when you, you see a video up, pop up on a web page, and the first thing you want to do is check to see how long the video is for, huh, yeah. right? Of course. So it's, it's very reassuring when that number is small. So uh, that gives me, you know, permission to consume, you know, oh, it's two-minute video. Okay, I can watch that. Um, uh, or I look at an article, and the article is four paragraphs or five paragraphs long. Like, okay, I have time for that. Uh, but maybe the problem is bigger. You know, maybe I need more. And so uh, I'm, more, I'm interested in more of an, an authoritative piece. So I watch the video or I read the, the small, let's call it a satellite article as part of the bigger silo. And then the video or the small article recommends a larger piece of content to go take a look at. Mm-hmm. This is all before opt-in ever happens. This is just building a relationship. This is just getting to know you. So let's talk about uh, article headlines and stuff like yeah. that. Do you use like compelling, interesting, mysterious headlines? Do you use uh, ones that are just kind of in line with search engines and what people are looking for? Or how do you how do you really do that? Well, the first thing that I do is I, I honor the problem, right? So if the blog post is about solving a particular problem, I want to address the problem in the title. I'm aware that the title. Uh, of the blog post is more than likely going to be a very big contributor to how Google interprets the content and how Google is going to uh, place that content on the search engine result page. So I want to be a little bit careful about that, a little bit aware of that. And a lot of times visitors who are searching organically are looking for answers to questions. So uh, I want to be there for them and provide them those answers. So it's a good idea in some cases to post a question that reflects the question that the visitor is looking for, that the user is looking for. Mm-hmm. So if you can't really come up with a great question as the title to your article, uh, I'm not really a big fan of uh, the, you know, the, the clickbaity form, the BuzzFeed form of uh, headline, although that's getting you know, just gigantically popular right now. And it's popular for a reason, right? It's popular because it, people click through to it. So I, I don't necessarily want to be as um, manipulative as that is, but I can take lessons from it, and I can create uh, enigmatic content uh, and explain, you know, reasons you didn't know uh, why, um, you know, test prep is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Got it. Stuff like that. Got it. Okay. That totally makes sense. So it's, yeah, because it, there's a little bit of a difference there. Uh, so, so I've got this article written. I've got a headline that kind of fits in with what people will be searching for. I've got some pictures in there. I've got mm-hmm. the anatomy that you've, you've, you've outlined here, identifying the problem, the consequences of the problem, the solution, the conclusion, all of that. Now, what's the first steps to getting this promoted? Because keep in mind, I'm interested in leads, obviously, and that requires traffic and, and all that stuff. So how do I, how do I get sure. more exposure to that? Okay, so uh, you're going to get exposure in you know, three different forms. Um, first, uh, you're going to look carefully at your organic traffic, mm-hmm. and you're going to feed that organic traffic. Something is causing that organic traffic to arrive. Uh, and you know, as much as a fan I am of uh, leveraging organic through search engine optimization, you, know, you don't want to be addicted to organic and look, let that be your only form of traffic. So you want to find alternatives, and obviously social in all its forms is a significant way to, let's put it this way, social allows you to throw gasoline on the fire a little bit and allows you to become a celebrator of your own content. 
celebrate the brand, celebrate the message without necessarily celebrating yourself. So through Twitter, through Facebook, through other forms, you get to not only uh, inform uh, potential visitors uh, of your new content, you can also engage them. Uh, and that engagement is another uh, starting point. Think of it as an alternative silo. You can actually create silos in Facebook. You can create silos in Google Plus and so forth. And then that drives people back. Uh, I also like YouTube as a completely separate source. So developing your YouTube channel, uh, really smart way of protecting yourself, if you will, a little bit against being overly dependent on uh, Google search, uh, organic traffic. Uh, second to last would be um, inviting your visitors back in. So no matter how small it is, you have a list. And that list is uh, waiting for you to give some recommendations for content. Just waiting. They're just waiting for you to like, say, hey, read this. So your content needs uh, to be promoted to your own audience so that you can get a return visitor uh, back to your site. Uh, let's pretend that return visitor is logged into Google or logged into his or her Gmail account when that happens. Well, Google monitors that, monitors that uh, impression, if you will, recognizes that, and it influences not only that person's search results, but it also influ influences the other people with whom that person corresponds and their search results. So now we've got, what, five or six different mechanisms before I ever talk about paid traffic. So last but not least is paid traffic. You want to be thinking whether it's even if it's only like $3 a day, you know, uh, what is that, $90 a month? Even if it's just $50 a month total for all of your paid traffic, you want to be working consistently, you know, just a little bit of time uh, every week, uh, practicing paid traffic, understanding how paid traffic works, uh, learning AdWords, uh, learning uh, Facebook's ad manager and the power editor, understanding uh, with Twitter uh, how to engage people in, in a, a paid format. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay, very cool. So many different ways to do that. Uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to find out a little bit more about generating leads and traffic to that, plus also some questions about that call to action, that free report. What does that look like? What's the makeup of that? So we'll be right back in just a moment with Don Osborne. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Listen for MD Radio on the Voice America Variety Channel. That's Muscular Development Radio. Every Monday, your host, Sean Ray, will take you inside the world of bodybuilding and health and fitness. The show will feature Hall of Fame bodybuilders, trainers, judges, and the future champions of tomorrow. Plus, you'll be invited to participate in our call-in Ask the Pros feature. And our nutritional spotlight will feature products that can help you achieve your fitness goals. MD Radio is broadcast live Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Mojo Marketing Edge. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to connect at mojovideomarketing.com. Now, back to this week's show. Corey Michael Sanchez here, Mojo Video Marketing. We're talking about lead gen and content silos. And a really interesting topic. We're here with Don Osborne, who's been walking us through how to do this. From creating a content silo to what does that look like inside your website and how do you drive some traffic to that and all of those really great things. And so, you know, he was talking, uh, Don was just mentioning about how do you drive traffic to your content so that way you could generate the traffic, the leads and, and get people to take advantage of your free offerings and, and take a closer look at what you have going. So we started talking a little bit about paid traffic, about ways you could do this with, with Google and all that stuff. And one of the things that we're always interested in is video. So, Don, what, what's the mechanisms or the, the best practices for setting up a, a YouTube channel that drives, that drives leads and traffic? And how does that relate to your, your website as well? Well, you're going to have to do some testing. Uh, so... Uh, I'll answer a second question first. How it drives traffic to your website is this. Um, once you have a, a verified account uh, on YouTube, which is very easy to do, you can uh, have uh, what are called annotations that sit that overlay your video, and those annotations will let you uh, literally have a, a button that a viewer can push, and that button will then take the nice. viewer directly to your website. And that's how you're going to get traffic from YouTube to your site. Of course, you can also put a link in the description, um, and you should do both. Okay, so the, the actual process uh, in YouTube or in any new format, any new uh, search opportunity is typically the same. You're going to have to do some smart guessing about what content uh, people are likely to uh, be interested in, and you've got to be willing to invest a little bit of time, a little bit of energy into putting together some short videos you know, uh, length of time really depends on your level of interest and your comfort zone. Uh, put together a little bit of a, a video, maybe have uh, five topics, maybe have seven topics, maybe as many as you can comfortably do, and on a consistent, regular basis, post those videos. Think of this as a TV show. Um, you know, every Sunday night, Corey, no matter what, you know, 9 o'clock on Sunday night, I am there, I'm in front of the TV, I am watching The Walking Dead. That's just going to happen. And uh, you want to create that for your uh, YouTube channel as well. Uh, make, give them something they can rely upon. Uh, make it into a consistent schedule. And just honor that schedule every single week. by Make sure you have good, fresh content on a regular basis. Uh, some of those videos are going to be home runs. Some of them are going to be uh, base hits. 
And as you discover more and more, uh, based upon the number of viewers, the number of subscribers you get out of YouTube, you will, your audience will tell you, will, you will, that they will figure out for you what direction you should move into in terms of the content. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, so very, very handy there. That's uh, just in a nutshell, how do you set up a, a YouTube channel uh, with your content in order to drive traffic and leads? And uh, let me ask you this too. What are some of the nifty tricks that you do? You know, you've got this article that's on your website. How do you get Google's attention and get it to index? Uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, that is the $64 question, right? That everybody, everybody, everybody wants to know. And, um, you know, there are entire industries. And uh, I would, I would, I don't know, I don't think I would be that far off, off I'm going to say, at least $100 million a year is being sent worldwide <laughs> trying to answer this question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, the uh, what's the party line, right? If Matt Cutts were on the phone with us, what would he say? He would say, great quality content, uh, honor your audience, and everything will be okay. So uh, that's sort of, sort of the first level, the first layer. Um, going beyond that, I think, is a whole other conversation. Uh, you're going to want to know some sense of your keywords. Um, you're going to want to have some sense of understanding of how your own uh, site is structured uh, because site structure uh, tells Google quite a lot about what your site's about. Uh, and going back to the content silos, the reason why the content silos are built the way they are, four or five articles all point to Roundup article is in order to focus the lens, create a little bit of link juice internally to your own site so that that Roundup article can get additional traction or a little bit of Google love. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Um, And so there's no things that you can, besides having obviously great content, focusing on the the reader and and doing all that stuff, is there any other things you can do. I know there's like Google authorship. I don't know, you know, too much about that. Is it posting on Google plus? Is it using pinging websites to, to do that? I mean, what are some, some things you could do just to, just to get things jump started? Yeah. Let me tell you, I'll answer the question by what not to do, right? Uh, don't try to out Google, Google. Um, so number one rule is this. Google has more money than you could possibly ever have. Uh, and Google has more uh, engineers whose entire day job, 40, 50, 60, 80 hours a week, and on the weekends, they do it for fun. Their whole job is to develop this algorithm of search in a way that eliminates as many manipulations as possible. There is no way you're going to be smarter than you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 uh, engineers, each of whom are being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to figure this out. So don't try, right? So that means, you know, don't try to, to be shenanigans with backlinking. Don't try, you know, to, to do, you know, a bunch of multi-tier stuff, uh, you know, that you think is supposed to be the, the, the stuff, the slice bread. You know, you want to be clear in your understanding that as soon as you do something that you think is, oh, this is going to be great for SEO, as soon as you start doing that, the very next day, Google can absolutely come by and wipe out whatever it was you think was the hot tip of the week. 
And they have. And we have, you know, tons of war stories, lots of mythology. We even have zoo animals, uh, as long as my arm, uh, to reflect that. So uh, really, sincerely, Corey, the answer to your question is the best thing you can possibly do uh, is build great content, be willing to take the time to go through your customer's mind, your prospect's mind, figure out, okay, what are the major problems that they're probably having? Write content to fit those problems and observe what happens. Be willing to take the three, six, nine, twelve months to do it. Got it. So, what if you run out of content? I mean, you know, you write all, <laughs> you write all these articles, and you're like, "Well, I got nothing else to write about, right?" I mean, how do you right. do that? What do you what do you do? You yeah. re- reposition yeah. stuff. I love this question so much. I love this question so much because there are so many easy answers, right? There's no rule that says that you have to be the author of all your content. So you're welcome to curate other people's content. And we all, because if you're in a niche and you like the niche, you know, you're probably reading about that niche all the time anyway. So if you find something that's good, it's already out on the web because you found it there. There's no rule that says you can't share it. It makes you look like a good guy, so why not do it? So that takes care of that problem for many, many years to come. So let's say, you know, you talked about how you're, you like video marketing and you like video, right? Yep. How long would it take you to find a piece of content that you've never seen before? And then you go, you know what? This is pretty good content. How long would it take you to do that right now? Uh, you know, probably about 10 seconds on Google News. There you go. So, you know, if you want to get really lazy, you could run uh, notifications and, uh, you know, have that content delivered to you and just curate, you know, make... Uh, Make Tuesday curate day, make Wednesday your original content day. You know, Thursday is here's an amazing video I found on YouTube and so forth. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it. Okay, very cool. So, okay, so you can do that. What if you're in like a niche where you're kind of the only one writing about this kind of stuff or you don't want to curate other people's content because they're your competition? What do you sure. do in that situation? Okay, got it. Great question. So, uh, you're, you're the only one writing about this. Okay, so that's a problem. Yeah. Um, if you're the only one, there's probably a reason that may be a red flag for the niche, and you might want to expand your niche differently. Uh, because if there's no competition, there may be no money. So that could be a potential red flag. Uh, second, and you don't want to you know, curate your competitors. Well, I would look at uh, collaborating with your competitors instead. Uh, take a look at one or, one or two of your competitors. Do they have an affiliate program? Um, do you like their content? Uh, I see nothing wrong with uh, cooperative uh, competition. I think that would be, you know, honoring the spirit of the uh, of your intention to meaningfully serve your customer. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, that's uh, the great suggestions there. Absolutely. And let me ask you this, just from a point of view of. You know, you've got all these content, you've got these articles going out there, you've got, you know, your content silo going, and then you've got this free report. It seems sure. at the end of it, how could the free report be anything other than what's in the articles? Or how do you, how do you position that? Because obviously what you're looking uh-huh. to do at this point is to do some transactions, right? You're giving people all this right. free content. I mean, how is that free report in relation to the content you've already put out there? Well, first let me say that, you know, all of this you need to be informed based upon your the data that comes to your site through the the inbound traffic, through uh, the time on site, the number of pages that are viewed, what pages are viewed, what's the most popular, whether it's coming in from 
uh, Google organic search? Is it coming in from desktop? Is it coming in from mobile? Uh, you know, all of this matters, and you're going to want to create a dashboard uh, for that. Uh, assuming that's the case, then you know, write this down. Uh, this blog post is an excerpt from my food report. Mm-hmm. I'll say it again. This blog post is an excerpt from my free report. So okay. give people a sample. And uh, you've been to a store, a grocery store, Corey, where uh, the grocery store is giving away free samples of, you know, some food or some, some other new item. Yep, absolutely. Same thing here, right? If the, if the store you went to gave away a little bit of a sample of uh, free ravioli or whatever, you want to think free ravioli and you want to give away a little bit of free ravioli. That's what your blog post is all about. That's the content that you're creating is to demonstrate uh, competency, demonstrate uh, that you and your customer are alike, you have similar values, similar problems, uh, and that you have their best interests at heart and you can really help them. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, good. So, so let's do a, let's talk about a real life uh, example. So, and we're just going to do this quickly. So you got this content salad. It's about um, you know, is a graduate degree right for me? When I get out, what happens? Networking, all of that stuff. Test prep. So what's in your free content or your free report at that point? Well, let's say that the uh, the big question that the silo asks is uh, test prep. You know, how do I do better at test prep? So uh, I may have five articles, and I have a roundup on test prep. I talk about alternative solutions to test prep. I talk about the typical scenario. I talk about what doesn't work. From my experiences, I tell my story. Um, in my experiences about test prep or, you know, if I don't have it personally, then one of my customers or family member or whatever. Uh, and then the call to action would be is this has been, this is a segment from my larger free report on, you know, 15 things that no one else is ever telling you about uh, how to beat standardized tests. Mm-hmm. Got it. Very cool. Okay, good. So we're um, so we're going to wrap this call up. We have about twenty seconds left. Don DonOsborne.com. Go and see him there. Don, what are some other things that you could have for, you have available for people? Well, I think that the this KPI, this Key Performance Indicator Dashboard, is so important that I give one away at DonOsborne.com forward slash dashboard. At DonOsborne.com slash dashboard, and I invite anybody. Who's a little curious? You know, maybe you're stuck a little bit about your data. This data is perishable; it goes away on an everyday basis. So if you don't capture it, you lose it forever. So I recommend, highly recommend, that you capture it on a regular basis. All right, thank you so much, Don. Talk about content silos and lead generation. Fabulous call. Thank you so much, everybody. Take action on the things that we're talking about. Investigate it and really check out Don's stuff and and uh, just start making your own content silo that will help you build a really amazing amount of traffic moving forward here and, and some viable leads. So thanks again, Mojo Marketing, MojoVideoMarketing.com, Corey Michael Sanchez. We'll see you next time in the Mojo Marketing Edge. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in to The Mojo Marketing Edge with Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 